and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today, we are in the midst of season four in which we're discussing the church. Last week, we discussed the new covenant and the kingdom of God. And today on episode nine, we are going to discuss the church as God's embassy. Yes, this is an interesting image of the church that is often neglected, Yeah, I would guess. Uh, I mean, we're familiar with you know, the idea of the Apostle Paul when he's talking about his uh, apostleship and he talks about being a, a person approved to uh-huh. and trusted with the gospel. Um, I, I, th- this, is, uh, this is language talking about an ambassador, right? So a king gives a message of, of good news, a, of the gospel. We talked about what a gospel mm-hmm. is, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're to go and give that report. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so that's the idea of an, um, an ambassador. You, you also in second Corinthians talks about we're now therefore Christ's ambassadors yeah. making his appeal. Um, sometimes what we do is we, we, we know that, and we think of that as an image of the messenger, but we don't think of it in terms of going that step backwards. Ambassadors come from an embassy mm-hmm. or having an embassy. But the the idea of church as an embassy of Christ's kingdom of the heavenly kingdom mm-hmm. is um, is is been one that's been with us for for a long time. Mm-hmm. We just have neglected it. Uh-huh. So um, so the the idea is is that is looking at the the church as the embassy of God's kingdom. So. The king comes and he goes to his embassy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So he's, he comes, you know, there's a, so the Lord Jesus will come to his church. Um, we, we talked about this in worship, right? That we, he calls us his people to himself. Yep. We ascribe worth to him. We confess our unfaithfulness to our king. Uh, he forgives us. Uh, he shares his word and we, uh, we say yes to it and we promise fealty and then we commune with the king. He gives us gifts, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's a part, part in there too, where we can um, tell him our needs and our wants and things like that. Yep. And that's what happens Sunday after Sunday. Um, but the embassies uh, image too has, has this idea that there are embassies, churches in every place around the world. Every country, 
every tribe, every right. That's the idea that there will be an embassy of God's kingdom there mm-hmm. to to teach and equip God's people to take dominion, um, to disciple the nations, to you know, so that the kings and rulers of this nation will submit themselves to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right, all authority has been given on heaven and earth mm-hmm. to Jesus, and He is commanded us to go disciple the nations. Mm-hmm. And, and so we establish churches as, in a sense, embassies of his kingdom. So this kingdom will, will grow. Right. So th- this is, so let me, let me talk one more scriptural part to it. Um, when the apostle Paul says to the church in Philippi, um, reminds them that they are, they have a heavenly citizenship, right? Mm-hmm. Their citizenship is in heaven. Um, I have heard so many times pastors or people thinking of it in this terms. The earth will pass away, but my citizenship is heaven. I'm just waiting to go home. Right? I'm mm-hmm. awaiting to go home. As if the idea of a citizen in Paul's context, right? In Philippi. Uh well, let me let me back up. I kind of went off a little bit. In, Philippi was instrumental in helping Augustus, at the time was Octavian and Mark Anthony, defeat Brutus and Cassius after the murder of Julius Caesar. Okay. Okay. Big important part there. Yeah. When Augustus or Octavian became Augustus Caesar mm-hmm. and the Roman Empire was established, he he gave favor to the to the city of Philippi and those who were living there. Right. He shared his gospel with them. Yeah. You know, the benefit of them helping and the victory that they had. Um, And uh, members of people from Philippi became Roman citizens and they established it as a Roman colony. So veterans of the uh, Roman armed forces uh, could retire and live there and get property. Okay. Right. right? Yeah. So the, 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 those who lived in Philippi, understood citizenship as an important thing. Yes. The idea of being a Roman citizen in Philippi wasn't that they would long to leave Philippi to go to Rome. Right. The idea is, is that they had a task to make Philippi more and more Roman. Uh Uh-huh. And they had sort of the privileges, privileges that came with citizenship of Rome. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. In the same way as we are, as we are granted citizenship into God's kingdom, um, our citizenship is from heaven. Right. It, it's not about us leaving this earth so we can go home. It's about our task of making our, where we live more and more like the kingdom of God or heaven. Uh-huh. That makes sense. That makes sense? Yep. And so the church is like this, these embassies within each of our communities helping as Jesus taught us to pray. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking of that actually right? in his, in the Lord's prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right. Right. That's, that's the idea. So we have people within Green Bay, Wisconsin who gather together on the Lord's day and we may pray the prayer together. Right. On mm-hmm. earth as it is in heaven. Well, what does that mean? What are we, what do we do? Right. Our, our job is not to, 
to sit and go, oh man, the world's going to hell in a hell in a handbasket. Um, or, you know, oh, tisk tisk, how bad Green Bay is getting or something. Right. Um, it's like, well, how do we pray and spread the gospel and live out what God Christ has taught in such a way that Green Bay becomes more and more like heaven? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So our citizenship is in heaven. And so the idea is, is like, we're going to work within Green Bay to make Green Bay more heavenly. Right. And that's going to look different than Pulaski or Los Angeles yeah. or Chicago or something. Right. right? If there's going to be these unique cultural things, but this is, our this task. is our, our task. Mm-hmm. Our task isn't to have holy huddles in a building waiting for Jesus to return. Mm-hmm. It, it's right. Yes. We're, we're to be doing things. Yeah. We're on the offense. We're on the offense. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is, is to, to call people to repentance. Like, no, this is sin and we need to stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you need to return to Jesus. Right. Right. Um, and again, I think last episode, I quoted a little bit of Psalm two mm-hmm. that you need to kiss the son lest he be angry. Right. Right. There is, I mean, okay. I, I know this is going to sound really odd to a lot of people, but I'm going to repeat it over and over again. What we're doing in terms of um, living out what God tells us, right? Reading scripture and believing it and living it out. um, This is all dealing with reality. Right. So if, if our nation or our community is in constant unrepentant sin and evil, God is not going to be mocked. God is going to mm-hmm. punish. Right. His wrath will be upon us. In fact, listen to this. Romans chapter 1. His wrath is simply letting people do what they want. Yeah, which is what we're seeing. Which is what we're seeing. Yeah. In other words, when we see uh, all the sexual deviancy in our in our country, the idea isn't, oh man, this has to stop sooner. God's going to punish us. Right. He is actually. He is punishing yeah, us. Yeah, it's he happening. He has allowed, he has lifted his protection and allowed human beings to do what their evil hearts want. Right. And it's going rampant and it's destroying us all. Mm-hmm. So the, the idea is, is that if the church is sitting in their pews, just kind of shaking with fear. Pray, right. Praying that we can have maybe a little experience with him and feel good about ourselves. Yeah. And, while we wait for and, the end. And while we wait for the end, then yeah. we, we have another thing coming. Right. We have good news to share. Yeah. God will save you. Yes. God, God can save you from his wrath. Um, God can save you from your sin. He can restore you. He can make you whole. He can, he can give you all his blessings but you need to repent of your sin yeah, and submit to him. This, this makes me think of the story of Jonah. Yes. Jonah was an, an ambassador in this way. Am I, am I thinking yeah, about absolutely. that? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yes. And that whole city came to repentance. So yes. beautiful. I know. Except that Jonah's attitude was bad. <laughs> Jonah's attitude, well, think how bad the attitudes of modern day Christians might be. Right. 
I mean, it's very applicable. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's probably more people talking about having California slide into the sea than about how we should send missionaries to LA. Yeah. And praying on their behalf. And praying on their behalf. Yeah. Um, Now I, I am, uh, I, I think there's some discernment where if the culture of something is so bad that it's, you can't raise your family there. You you might need to leave, uh-huh. get out of her, you know, go, yeah. go form Christian community at some point. Um, but I, I think part of it is, is like you said, it's the attitude. Mm. Like, do we really, okay. A couple things. One is um, I think the modern church is losing its faith or belief that God can actually change lives. Right. right? We don't believe the power yeah. of the gospel. So, yeah, you know, 40 years ago or so, um, the church started wanting to do social gospel stuff, mm-hmm. right? Let's not talk about the, the power of God to convert sinners. Let's talk about how we can help people. Right. Make the, them more comfortable. Make them more comfortable. Yeah. We can give them food. We can give them shelter. We can give like, not our people, but other people, right. which again, we can, it's charity. Yeah. We talked about this. It's not inherently bad. It's not inherently bad. Yes. It's actually, it's a positive good. But if that's your mission, you're, you're not, you're neglecting what you ought to be doing. And that is the preaching of the gospel. Yeah. You're not meeting their greatest need. Correct. Yes. And, and what, what I've heard for the last 30 years is people going, well, if you're not doing this positive good in their life, um, then they're not going to hear the gospel. Right. I don't know. How's that been working? Right. Not very well. It hasn't been working very well. In the old days, they would preach the gospel and help people. Now it's like we help people. And if they ask, I guess we can share something. Right. Like that's just, it's backwards and it's, it hasn't been going well. And it's just not believing God. Yeah. About what he says he can do with the good news that the He can transform hearts. He can Mm -hmm. change people's lives in an instant. He can. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think part of it is, is that not only we, 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 we're not having faith in the message that our king has given us, right? Um, we don't think sin is so bad. Mm-hmm. We think it's okay, I guess. Yeah. It's an alternative way of living, I guess, or it's a, it's just their choice or something. Yeah. And we, I, why, why do we? We've gotten so, we're so sort of um, immersed um, in it that yeah. it's, we don't even see it. I well, think. we're American and not Christian. Right. Right. That's an American idea. It's a new idea. I mean, it's just, it's where we have to become Christians again. We have to understand our role again. We have to be, uh, we have to have, we have to believe. And also know. And know. Know what he says. Yeah. One of the things that I think has been, um, and this is going to sound really weird. Okay. I, I headmaster Christian school. I'm around a lot of Christians. I'm a, I'm a headmaster of a, of a, Christian school or was mm-hmm. right. And my kids are immersed, have been immersed in that. And yet my kids have done pretty well and lived pretty faithful lives mm-hmm. and, and such. I think one of the great things that has uh, been part of my children's experience is that they have been around to see God work in people's lives. Mm-hmm. They have seen sinners come to repentance and the power of the, of God work in them. And so they know it's real. Mm-hmm. And so it makes them want other people to know. Mm-hmm. 
if we've sheltered our kids so much that they never see a sinner convert, then they're not going to believe. They're not going to. Right. Um, also, they, they become, um, we were good with them having relationships and seeing people who did not know the Lord and they could see how horrible it was for them. Mm. That there's a marked difference between someone who is, who knows Jesus and has been raised in that and one that doesn't. Mm -hmm. What happens is if kids don't have that experience, they kind of grow up in this lukewarmish kind of, they, they don't, they sometimes don't grasp the power of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a crucial thing. And my, my here, okay, now I'm going to be really weird here. I think sometimes a mission and trip experience can be good. A lot of times it could be damaging though. Because a lot of times it can kind of inoculate them thinking, oh, look, I did a good thing. Those poor people over there. Thank God I'm not them. Right. So personal relationships are better, especially when they, it's, it's like they're not in positions where they're overwhelmed by, in other words, they have positive influence on them rather than that the other person have the negative influence on, right. on your child, but that they can see the people who need Jesus to pray for them, to, that they would might know Jesus, to be able to share Christ with them and to see a person come to faith in Jesus and the power it has and the change in their life. That is that is a remarkable thing. Yeah. And when, when Christians experience that and are a part of that, it, it's, um, it changes the way you look at things mm -hmm. completely mm -hmm. and it gives you hope. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we, but again, if we stay in our holy huddles, just awaiting, you know, I'm just, I'm just passing through and then, and you know, Jesus mm -hmm. is going to rescue me before bad things happen or something. Um, you know, our, our kids aren't, aren't going to survive that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we need to take more seriously that idea of, of, of being ambassadors of Jesus. Yeah. I would think too, the, um, kids seeing their parents unafraid, that has to be somewhat significant, Yes, you know? Yeah. Um, because if we really believe that Christ is King, yeah. then he has won. Yeah. We don't need to be afraid. Yeah. We need to Absolutely. be wise, but not fearful. Right. You no. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. One other part to this, and that is, the, so I've been talking about us as ambassadors a lot. What, what are ways in which we can see the church as an embassy? Yeah. All right. So this is going to sound, again, um, again, my wife will hate this, but the, I know this will be controversial. Ready? We never put. American flags in churches ever until after World War II. Mm. That's, and, and it's only been pressure and even more so like it just, yeah, I don't, I don't understand this. Explain desire. this because this was actually, I did not know this history and yeah. it's really helpful. So in Christendom, like talking about as the church grew and and gained influence and the emperor Constantine converted Christianity. Uh, you know, we can argue about how genuine that was or not, or, you know, I, I don't think he was a very theologically astute man right. at the, at the time of his conversion, but I, it's really hard when everyone then thought he was a Christian to 
you know, 2000 years later thinking he wasn't is weird. Uh-huh. Um, but from then on, as, as you had Christians leading nations and empires, yeah. uh, the church uh, was given privilege. Uh, they were often granted land and, uh, and even help to build the churches and cathedrals and they were they were looked at as embassies of God's kingdom. Yeah. So they weren't ever taxed. They were, you know, they had these these things that they were able to do for the good of the kingdom because they were ambassadors of Christ. Uh-huh. Right. So throughout the Middle Ages, though, you had this tension because the church also began thinking that it should kind of take over. Right. So they gain more and more power and more and more land. And and when you say take over, you mean like politically, politically take over. Take yeah. over mm-hmm. Right. Politically take over and gain riches from land farmed by monks and yeah. you know, other people where where you know, and then became an abuse of power sub- and yeah. subsidies so that they were favored and people are starving, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So there was abuse. Yeah. Right. In in that. But the but the idea has been throughout Christendom as as the Church of Jesus Christ has existed in nations mm-hmm. is that uh, they they exist as an embassy of God's kingdom mm-hmm. and they typically have different laws apply to them. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't put up the flag of the nation right as if they're under the nation. Yeah. They are they wave their own banner. Um, they're under the cross. Mm. So I, I, f- I find it a very interesting thing in uh, over the last, I don't know, even, um, uh, well, let's just say around two, 2016, you figure out what that's talking about. A greater and greater impulse for the church to be more political yeah. and people wanting flags in their, in their church or, you know, let's put up a flagpole or in, in other words, um, and then you also have on the other side, uh, people who are against the church going, well, we should tax the church. We should, right. and, and not looking at it as an embassy, but seeing it as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Right. And, and, and a lot of times we think of it in that way Yeah, and we should not think of it that way. Right. There's a spiritual reality represented yeah. in this concept you're describing that has been lost. Yes. And don't, I don't know. I love when I learn that somebody who's lived a long time before me was smarter than me. Are you talking about me? Great, Allison. No, <laughs> no just you're just enlightening me about these guys from, know. you know, right. several hundred years ago yeah, or more. It's true. So, yeah. so constitutionally, I mean, we are from the very beginning of our nation. Um, there's been a religious exemption like this. The state can't make laws. Right. Forbidding the free exercise of our religion. Right. Um, And not just because our government decided they wouldn't, but because there's this spiritual reality that we are a separate group of people. And churches are exempt from taxation. Yeah. Not because they have 501c3 status, but because they're churches. Yes. So a lot of churches don't even have never even applied for 501c3 status. They don't need to. Right. Um, I think lawyers have gotten involved and said, it, you know, for more protections, you can do that. But now that more churches have done that and it becomes the normal thing to do, 
Now you have politicians who think they can control the church by yes. threatening our 501c3 status. Well, they can do that all they want. The only difference would be this. If we lose 501c3 status, there's a possibility that donations to the church won't be tax deductible. Mm-hmm. But even if they reject, if they do that, if that we're not going to be, the church's income isn't going to be taxed. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Now I'll, I'll do one last thing here. I think that's important to hear is there are evil men within the church who have taken such advantage of such taxation mm. that they've made themselves extremely wealthy off the backs of people. And that's evil. And the world sees it. And they're angry at the church thinking that every pastor is somehow like Joel Osteen. Uh-huh. Oh, I mentioned someone by name. Sorry. But I think you know what I mean. There are, there are pastors who have gotten rich, wealthy off of ministry. And I think we can all say that's wrong. Yes. That's, that's just wrong. Mm-hmm. So don't do that, people. <laughs> and maybe for, leave your church if your pastor is doing that. Yeah. Like yeah. for the sake of the congregation, for the church it's, itself. Like I had a friend who lives in a really nice area of, of town here. I'm not going to mention the friend or the location, but they have really nice houses, very big. And uh, this particular family they own, started and own a family business that's quite large and employs lots of people who make great livings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, a pastor bought a a house near them Mm -hmm. that's also very large and very beautiful and very you know, big and like, and their first question is how in the world, like what, what's happening, what's here? happening here? Yeah. Like, this is wrong. Like now they're not saying we don't wish good things for pastors, but it just seemed crazy that they would be there. Right. Cause aren't they getting money from the congregation? Like, yeah, they're, it- they're giving money to God <laughs> is their idea. Now these, Folks are not um, Protestant, and it was very difficult for them to see that. Yeah, but it was just a it was just a really interesting move that caused consternation of a lot of neighbors. Yeah, it's a bummer. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, it is a great thing for us to for the church to pay pastors. So they can make a living. Yeah. Care for them. Well, care for them. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. But you're not the CEO of an organization that's making money. Right. This is God's people, God's money. Mm-hmm. Be a good steward. Yeah. Yep. All right. That's, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. So again, think of, think of your church as an embassy of Christ's kingdom that you are a citizen of that kingdom, that you're here to, as the prayer says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, our job is not to go to our heavenly home when we die, although that's a great benefit. I mean, that is true. But the idea that Paul writes on that is that we're making where we live more and more heavenly. And that as ambassadors then, we are this message is coming from God, the King. Yeah. And we have the authority 
to disciple nations and to say, hey, this is wrong. And our hearts should reflect our king's heart for the people around us. Yes. He wants them in his kingdom. Yes. And that's a, it's gospel. Yeah. Even that announcement of sin, as we talked about in the evangelism episode, the announcement of sin is part of the gospel. Yeah. It's not the gospel. It's part of it though. Right. So to be able to point out this is sin, but we have a savior. Mm-hmm. That's good news. Yeah. That's, and it needs to be heard. Yep. Okay. That's good, Ron. Till next time. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for tuning in.